Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Joshua, the Dolphins have been dealing with plenty and plenty of injuries lately. Four backup offensive linemen were on the field last week against the New England Patriots. Half the secondary was out there despite Jalen Ramsey coming back. So we are actually in a very weird week where we're getting a bunch of positive news about the Miami Dolphins and their injuries. Uh, Where I'd like to start is with Javon Holland, who has cleared concussion protocol. And on top of that, Vic Vangio has come out and said that he is so important to this defense. He is known as the quarter pack of this defense. So Joshua, we have the pro football focus, top safety coming back, joining this unit. What does it do? Changes everything, I think, right? I mean, as cliche as that might sound, I mean, now you got Jalen Rams, you got your, like you mentioned, pro football focus, number one rated safety back there. You're hopefully going to have Xavier Howard back, right? So, I mean, now you finally are going to be able to see what Vic Fangio's defense can be. I'm intrigued to see what they do with Javon Holland because, as we'll talk about, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift's boyfriend's an absolute difference maker, and we're trying to figure out who's going to be able to contain him because um, we know he's our, he is the best tight end in football, right? I mean, you don't even have to argue that. So who's going to cover him? And I think that could be, you know, maybe an opportunity for Javon Holland to do some of that work. We know he's played in the slot before. We know he's comfortable moving all around. So um, for me, it just really goes back to um, hearing – Vic Fangio, I guess Jalen Ramsey said it, right? I'm not a cornerback. I'm a defensive back. So I'm intrigued to see the way this whole thing works out, the way they shuffle Javon Holland around, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard. I'm intrigued to see the way it all works out. So uh, long story short, it means everything because he is the quarterback of that defense, and we all love Javon Holland. And people forget he played a lot of slot receiver and slot cornerback, excuse me, in, in college as well, which is a huge benefit too, just to that flexibility of what he can do to this offense. The Chiefs are fantastic at making chicken salad out of you-know-what. They're fourth best on third down, and a big reason for that is because Patrick Mahomes' ability just to scramble and run away from pressure. Um, I believe he's averaging about 30 yards per game. Josh, how does having Javon Holland, would you want to have him be someone who's spying Patrick Mahomes for a lot of the game, or where would you think he'd be the most effective when you consider that there's already been some rumors that we might see some uh, Jalen Ramsey versus Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that Jalen Ramsey versus Travis Kelsey, too, because when you look at their receiving core, I mean, there isn't no one that really stands out to other than what Rashad Rash- – I better get Rashid Rice? Right. Yeah, Rashid Rice. There you go. Thanks, man. Um, other than him, and I mean, uh, Valdis Scantling, I mean, they don't really have those dynamic receiving playmakers. So I'd be intrigued to see Jalen Ramsey match up with Travis Kelsey and then what they do with Javon Holland. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, it's just so much intrigue because this is what we were expecting week one, right? I mean, we didn't, we didn't expect uh, – training camp so or second day i think it was so i'm intrigued to see the way this whole thing comes together and the way this defense goes out there and tries to stop again arguably the best quarterback in football i don't know if you have Jalen ramsey or uh, javon holland spine maybe that's a job for david long i don't know what it is but you got to figure out a way to contain them because for years we've been gashed by these mobile quarterbacks and i it kind of worked out in our favor if you go back to last year. I think Jerome Baker had like a 35-yard sack just on uh, Patrick Mahomes just sitting back in the pocket and trying to make things work. Overall, Ben, I think the secondary is going to be such an interesting matchup to watch because you you mentioned it. You hinted at it there. The the Chiefs are really struggling when it comes to adding other receivers to the mix. Valdez Scantling actually led the team um, on opening night against Detroit Lions with 48 receiving yards. And then the following week, it was Sky Moore with 70 receiving yards and a 17-9 win over Jacksonville. So this is a group, man. They have not been – Patrick Mahomes has not had a lot of success 
so far this season. And then after you go through those first two weeks, it's Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. So it is kind of easy to get an idea of where this offense is heading, how it's going to uh, attack a defense. It's going to be a lot of Travis Kelsey. You're going to see Isaiah Pacheco try to get involved as much as he possibly can, despite he has a season high of receiving of rushing yards of 115. However, his next closest to that is 70 uh, rushing yards. So Josh, Javon Holland, he's back. Jalen Ramsey had the first interception as a Miami Dolphin last week. And what does Xavier Howard do that? How, do, how does he get involved in the mix? How, how do you kind of frustrate Patrick Mahomes knowing that you have the secondary that can you can kind of lean a lot on? Yeah, I mean, we've seen the pass rush get better throughout the weeks, right? I mean, last week we've seen Bradley Chubb get a sack slipping between the cracks of two defenders because that secondary latched down. So we've heard Vic Fangio say before, you know, he doesn't want to move his corners around to shadow a receiver, but maybe later in the season he would, right? So um, I just hope that we can get a healthy X out there. He sounds like he's ready to go, right? I mean, it sounds like the biggest obstacles are on the offensive line, which we'll talk about. So I think X pretty much can shut down one side of that field. And as we saw last week, Jalen Ramsey kind of did the same thing. So for me, the biggest way to attack this thing and what scares me the most is that Travis Kelsey and how the Dolphins can contain him. You mentioned Isaiah Pacheco, solid back. It looks like he's ranked sixth among pro football focused running backs, which that kind of surprised me, but um, you he's know, an angry uh, runner. Yeah, he is. He is. And I think the Dolphins, though, this year, they've been pretty good against a run. So we'll see what gives here because the Chiefs do have a pretty good offensive line. But again, those weapons on the outside really do not strike fear on me other than Travis Kelsey. So it'll be interesting to say, and I'm saying that, but again, this is freaking Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, he's unbelievable. Switching over to the offensive side of the football, there aren't too many big changes here, Josh, but the big one that everyone's uh, keeping their eyes on is Robert He did not practice on Wednesday. He actually did not practice on Thursday either with a hamstring injury. However, he was seen stretching. Josh, what do the vibes tell you about Robert Hunt? Queasy. Exactly. Yeah, I'm queasy about I'm queasy about Robert Hunt and even Teron Armstead. I mean, it looks like he's getting ready to go. He's jumping up and down, he's getting excited in every clip. Yeah, I see, man. And I'm just waiting. But you're just waiting for, uh, you know, Sunday to come and them to be like, OK, Kendall Lamb's starting or something crazy. So, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, man, I, I do think that they're probably not going to have Rob Hunt. And that sucks because I think he's arguably probably our best offensive lineman. But I do think Rob Jones played pretty well over there. So what is your uh, how do you feel about this offensive line? Because um, I have written down here. Chiefs ranked second in sacks with 28 and fourth in pressures with 85. So they're uh, they got a pass rush that's pretty menacing. Yeah, and they're averaging just 16 points allowed per game, which is absolutely crazy. The 24 points they allowed to Denver last week was the most they've allowed this entire season. That just goes to show how this Chiefs defense has really kind of remade this entire Kansas City Chiefs team. They are really relying on that defense to help them out. Uh, force turnovers and different uh, things like that. I'm a little, I'm, I'm trying to find hints, right? Because a lot of the time it's as simple as Mike McDaniel. He's going to take it slow with these guys. Uh, but then I start thinking, you know, the Dolphins arrived in Germany on Monday. Do you bring a guy like Robert Hunt if you know he's not going to play? Do you bring him just for the bonding experience? Am I reading too far into this? Probably, especially when you consider Devon A. Chain and Chris Brooks were two guys who also uh, took the trip with them, even though they are, both will not be playing. Yeah, I thought you were onto something there. Then you just kind of made me it just sucked my soul right out. It's like <laughs> I don't know if that was the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, it's just it's just um, it, it's just the Miami Dolphins way this year. It seems right. I think this I read this was their sixth offensive line configuration. If if uh, Rob Hunt can't go out there, I mean it's just crazy. So 
I, I think the one good thing is we talked about how good that defensive line was in the pass rush for the Kansas State Chiefs is they're not very good against the run. It looks like they're allowing the seventh worst rush yards per carry with 4.4. And in the last three games, they've allowed 135.7 yards on the ground. Um, and Javante Williams rushed for 85 yards last week against them on 27 carries. So it does sound like you may be able to run the football against them. But again, when you're in limbo, when you're playing musical chairs in the offensive line, um, I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but I'm here for it. I, I feel a lot better about this offensive line than I did at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you saw Omar Kelly, but he kind of threw some shade at me, uh, you know, quote tweeting my uh, the Dolphins. Dip. They still have Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson and this and that Jesse Davis. And uh, well, the offensive line is playing pretty good. So I have some egg on my face. But I mean, there there was like there was nothing hinting at that before the season. Miami's offensive line being good is one of the biggest surprises of the entire season. And it's strange to think we kind of expected this offense to be awesome despite the offensive line maybe struggling. Uh, but Connor Williams has been awesome. He's one of the best centers when it comes to getting to the second leonard and just second level and trying to clean out uh, some linebackers. We don't even have to talk about Toronto. I said, we know what he does to this unit and his ability to just kind of move the rushing game along. Uh, how many offensive linemen starting offensive linemen? Let's assume the main group of Toronto Armstead will even throw Isaiah Wynn, Connor Williams, um, Robert Hunt, and then Austin Jackson. How many of those guys start on Sunday? We're pro I mean, we're not going to see Connor Williams, right? I, I can't think I can't, so. I, I mean, that's just me feeling queasy then, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he should be out there. What's he missed? Three of the last four, I think, yep. if I'm not mistaken. I I forget who said it. Maybe it was Omar Kelly wrote it, but um, something about Liam Eikenberg. You think they might be trying to see if he's the long-term answer at center? That makes me feel absolutely queasy as heck. So I think we'll get – so you're making – I'm being a, a glass half empty, right? Is that it? Or half full? Nailed it. I, I nailed it. Okay, so I'm. I think we'll have Teron Armstead. Isaiah wins out. Out right. He's not. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on. Our so yeah. what do we got? Lester Cotton there, and then you're trying to talk me to Connor Williams. I'm gonna have to say Liam Eikenberg. I'm sorry, man. Then Rob Jones, and then uh, Austin Jackson. So that would be my offensive line. Hope Connor Williams is out there. And then what do you do? Do you then move Liam Eikenberg to one of the guard spots? What would you do, Jake? I think it's interesting that you mentioned that they're looking at Eikenberg as like that long-term center. Um, I don't necessarily could be. Know he said could be. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want people to start quoting that or anything. But he just said it could be, and it. it I mean, it's possible with the it's fact. It's an that interesting they, thought. Like, but but I think it'd even be more too that he'd be the stopgap center until they draft someone else more than than maybe like the long term type of guy. Um, I don't think I want to have guys shuffling all over the offensive line. I think I'd rather them really dig in and learn one position. We saw Liam Eikenberg have to get action against some uh, really tough teams like Philly uh, playing in Philly. So I think that stuff really helps them. And I think if you throw Matt guard, it might derail stuff just a little bit. So I think I'd rather try to let these guys get comfortable. I think the one position where we see some sort of uh you can flip them and it's not a huge deal as left guard and right guard. I know there are people who are going to well actually me, but I just kind of look at what Lester Cotton and, and Robert Jones are doing, right? Because the, the idea of this offensive line is one, we're going to maul the opposing defense. We're going to go find someone and we're going to eat them. And then number two, we're going to worry about technique. So I think maybe just knowing that, knowing that base level of, of what this offense wants from the offensive line changes things just a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'd stick Kendall lamb. I'd keep him as the backup left tackle. I'd have Liam Eikenberg be the backup center and just have confidence in the rest of the group you have, especially when you have Austin Jackson having the best year of his career, Robert hunt. If he misses this week, he'll be back sooner rather than later. So I, I, I wouldn't sh uh, shake the ship too much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do agree with the guard spots, and I, I just hope these guys get healthy for the stretch run, right? I mean, you want to see Robert Hunt out there because he he's earned this. He's been through so much with this team that you want to see him, uh, you know, 
have his chance to get his flowers. We're talking about the run game, Jake. Raheem Mostert, didn't he show up with an ankle injury throughout the week? I think he talked today and said that um, he's better now, right? He's likely to play. So that is a breath of fresh air because it would who would have it would have been what Jeff Wilson and uh, Salvin Ahmed then, right? And that would have been your running backs. And Raheem Mostert, the way he's playing, you want him out there, absolutely. So um, how do you think he'll fare against, again, a Kansas City Chiefs defense that is pretty susceptible, susceptible, pretty bad against the run? I'm interested. This is going to be the matchup because I think if the Dolphins can run the football, it changes everything. Um, there were even some Kansas City defenders who came out and, and they were asked, how do you stop Tyree Kill? And the answer was, "We you stop the run. If you can stop the run, then you can get more eyes on Tyree Kill. But if the Dolphins are able to run the football, all of a sudden it's going to be, oh no, there's a play action and Ty- Tyree Kill's just running right behind you. Uh, I think we got to put a note on our foreheads, maybe write it in Sharpie, that um, we can't focus on Raheem Mostert's Wednesday participation on the injury reports because it seems like every Wednesday he doesn't practice whether it's vet rest he actually came out and said today there was a hiccup with the ankle but they seem to have it figured out um and he'll be good to go on Sunday but man I didn't get to talk about this yet this week something that I caught me off guard is you know Salvan Ahmed had a couple receptions last week in the New England game and he really didn't do much with them uh but Mike McDaniel came out after the game and really defended him and saying how he earned those snaps and how he earned those receptions and how he's earned being part of this offense. So how do you feel about how he fits in, especially when you have Jeff Wilson coming back? He was very limited in his first game back. That being said, he did look pretty good. He was a little flashy there, uh, uh, you know, in part-time work. Yeah, for me, I think Salmonock Meg kind of fills that. Well, Devon Achan, he, when he comes back, he's going to be the starter, right? There's no doubt about that, most likely. He'll be right behind he'll be most, he'll get some touches. So I kind of see Salmonock maybe getting, what, five to ten touches a game or maybe less than that? I mean, that one play, he did have a catch last week, and we were kind of talking about how one went for, what, 20 yards or something? But it was a yep. screen that was set up on a critical third down, I think, on that – uh might have been the final drive of the game. My memory's toast, but you know what I'm saying. Salmonock Med makes plays when you need him to at times, and then there's times when you kind of teeter and go the other way, and you're like, this is basically Miles Gaskin again. So I think you go into this, riding Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., you know, however you want to split those, what, two to one, I, I guess, and then you just give Salmonock Med some touches. But if Raheem Mostert wasn't able to go, I definitely would feel a lot worse about that run game. I think we all would.